I think we might have skipped a verse on the slides. Am I right? Okay. All right. So, all right. Good. I was not imagining. All right. So the text for the sermon this day is taken from that gospel lesson, which was read a little bit ago. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The words I'm going to specifically focus upon are these very familiar words. Well, hopefully somewhat familiar. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Hopefully, that sounded a little familiar. You may have heard it a little bit differently as, Lord, now let us thou thy servant depart in peace. Sound familiar? Okay. Guessing that you prob the service that that came out of, you probably at some point knew it so well you stopped using the hymnal. So, those words are the words of Simeon, as we heard from the text today. And to kind of get a better understanding of the text, I'm going to actually read, a different, little, read it a little bit differently than what you're familiar. Non apales ton doulon. Just kidding, that's Greek. But I'll translate it. It says, Now, O master, release your servant according to your statement in peace, because my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared according to the face of all peoples, a light into revelation to the nations and glory to your people Israel. That's the very literal translation of it. And the reason I read it that way, and by the way, I can't always, I can't, I kind of did a little practice looking up some of these words beforehand, but the reason I read it that way is because it kind of even stronger captures what he is saying. So, for example, the word that we usually translate as servant is probably, in this case, better translated as slave. Now, it's understandable that we'd go with the word servant because, well, nobody, people don't mind being a servant, not too much, but being a slave, never. We never want to be that. But the thing is, the reason, now it's kind of tricky in the Greek language because the word that is translated normally as servant can be servant, it could be slave. So the hint is in his language. So what he said, he says release. You don't ask to be released from a job usually. You just say, I'm done with this job, I'm out of here. You just quit. If you're a servant, you could just quit and you're done. A slave requests a release. Even the word that is used that usually gets translated as Lord. In the Greek language, there's two common words for Lord. Curious or Adonai. In this text, it uses despota. Which an English word comes out of that is despot. In other words, it is a word that is referring to a master. And then even then finally the word 
The Greek word that we usually use to say word is logos. Here, it uses rema, which is more like a statement. So basically what he is asking, he is saying is, Lord, release your slave. So basically, he's asking almost, it'd be like a slave going to the slave owner and asking for the document to write the statement and release me in peace to be free. So that's, I bring that up to give you context. Because Simeon is, we don't know how old he is. There's some that believe that he could have been close to 100 years old. But he could have been as young as 30. We know he was at least 30 years old because he's a priest. He had to be 30 to be a priest. But beyond that, we don't really know the details of his age. But what we do know is that he was given a promise that he would not taste death until he had seen the Lord's Christ. And so he was bound... Oh, so he was bound to... He was bound to this task of being a priest until the Lord's Christ appeared. And... Imagine that. Child after child after child coming before him and not the one. And so imagine what that joy must have been when he finally did see that child. That child came to him and he knew exactly who he was. The Holy Spirit had given him the information, told him who this child is, and he knew immediately this is the Christ. And so he said it, now, master, release me from this slavery in peace. For I have seen your salvation, your salvation in the form of this child, which you have prepared as a light of revelation to the Gentiles and to the glory of your people Israel. And then in a little bit, he tells Mary exactly what is to happen with this child, or gives details. He says, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed. I would think about this. Jesus is only 40 days old. He's still a tiny little baby. And his mother is being told what is in store for this child. That this child is going to be hated and rejected by his own people. And then he continues and says, And a sword will pierce through your own soul also. So right there at 40 days old, just getting used to that and having that child in her life, she is told exactly how this child is going to die. That he is going to be pierced. That he is going to be killed by his own people. Imagine, as, for those of you who are parents... Think of those, that time when you had, when your child was really little. 
And if you'd had that message that this child was going to grow up only to be brutally killed, imagine how hard that would be to hear. But what this man told, what Simeon told this mother, what he told Mary, this is exactly how the light will be shown to the Gentiles. This is how the glory would become to the people Israel. This has to happen. Without him, without him dying, there is no salvation. There is no hope. So what he told her would happen had to happen. And so these same words we say it ourselves. Every single time, whenever we have the Lord's Supper, if we do divine service three, and sometimes divine service one, divine service four, we do some variation of what is known as the nuke dimittis. These same words as Simeon. Because the reality is, is that we are born slaves. We are born bound. Slaves to sin, death, and the devil. And so we come here, and, so, and if, you want, if you wonder whether or not we are slaves to sin, you know when we just went through those Ten Commandments, can you confidently think of that and say, oh, I've kept all of those just perfectly. I've, I've never wanted something that was not my own. I'm perfectly content with everything. When I look at the weather in Florida today, I think, I don't want that. I prefer our 40 below wind chill over 70 degrees. We don't, never ever told a lie, never ever stole anything, not even a bank pen. Never ever disobeyed our parents or the government, always drive exactly 55 when I'm on Highway 59, never 56 miles per hour. Any of those things, I'm pretty certain we all think about it, we fail at this entire thing. That is how we are bound to sin. We are born slaves. And so one day, your parents, or maybe if, you, if somebody's an adult, maybe that happened, but you were brought to this baptismal font. And the pastor said, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And those shackles broke loose. And so every Sunday, when you come to church, you are reminded of that. And, that, and notice, we, whenever we talk about our baptism, we don't ever say, I was baptized. I, we say, I am baptized. Baptism is not a one-time event. You are always baptized. And so as a baptist, you come here to hear God's word, hear of his salvation. But it becomes very specific when you get to the Lord's Supper. Right before the Lord's Supper, if you've been at, went to any of our Advent services, you might, this will sound a little bit of a repeat. But right before the Lord's Supper, you hear these words. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And you respond, amen. And as I say those words, if you ever pay attention, 
I usually hold the bread and the wine. I elevate it. Why? Because in that bread, in that wine, is the peace of the Lord. And then after that, you sing, Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, grant us your peace. And then you come to the rail. And we come to you and say, take, eat. This is the body of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Take, drink. This is the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ shed for you on the cross. And as you are dismissed, you hear the words, go in peace. Your sins are forgiven. Because you see, when you just said, grant us peace, when you come up to the altar and you receive the body and blood of Jesus in, with, and under the bread and wine for the forgiveness of sins, he answers your prayer. He gives you peace. And so it's for that reason, after the Lord's Supper, we say the words of Simeon. Lord, now let your servant... Depart in peace according to your word. Because just in a few minutes ago, according to his word, you will have received his peace. That is our God writing on the dotted line saying, I release him. I release her from slavery to sin, death, and the devil. And we have seen salvation. We have seen it in the bread and wine. See, the very one who was in the manger, the little baby who Simeon held, the one who was on the cross who died for you and for me, he is also in the bread and the wine. You held salvation, so you've seen it, you touched it, you tasted it, you smelt it, you heard the words. And if you, one of the practices some people do is when the pastor says, take and eat, they say, you, they say, amen. So you even speak. That's all the senses, right? Taste, touch, smell, because you can smell the wine. Hear and speak salvation. According, you have seen it with your own eyes, tasted with your own tongue, spoke it with your own lips, heard it with your own ears. Salvation. And so you depart in peace. And you are the Gentiles. Yes, the light of revelation to the Gentiles. Raise your hand if you're Jewish. All right, you're a Gentile. So that's talking about you. Now, then it also talks about the glory to the people Israel. Well, the people Israel, are, the nation of Israel is not a nation or a house by flesh and blood. It is a house by faith. So you as the church, as the people of God, as believers in Christ, are also the people of Israel. So it is to your, it is a light revealed to you, and it is to your glory. Another place where we hear these words is this past, on Thursday, when I went to Willowdale and I visited with 
Ruth Schmidt and her family. I took part in what is known as the, the commendation of the dying. And I read a whole slew, of, a whole bunch of scripture. We went through confession and absolution. And, at the end, and towards the end, I sang those very words from Divine Service 3. Now in our, in our service order, there's a different translation. But I intentionally sing the one that is familiar. And by the way, that is one of the reasons why we go to church. Is so that way when, a pat, when, when you are on your deathbed, that is not the first time you've ever heard those words. But the reason I say it at, at someone's deathbed, and especially after hearing, because her family confessed her sins for her, just as many years earlier she had confessed for them when they were baptized. And I declare to her, her sins are forgiven. And she heard the words of Scripture, the words that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And then heard how he loved us through the story of the crucifixion, through the story of the resurrection. And then heard the words of Revelation, where we are destined, where all who are in faith are destined. Because in case you haven't noticed, this world is not always easy. This world can be brutal and it can tear us down quite often. This life itself, the tribulations of this world, is bondage. It is slavery. And so I sang those words to her. And she has heard the words of Scripture and the creed was confessed. You, the servant of the Lord, can depart in peace according to his word. You have heard salvation this day. You have received it all of your life. You received it in baptism. You received it in the Lord's Supper. A light of revelation to you and for your glory. So that when she passed from this world on early Friday morning, she woke up in the reality of Revelation 7, the great host arrayed in white. Those words are also said again at funerals as a reminder to people. And so this week we have two funerals. At both of them, you will hear those words again. And the reason we hear it at a funeral is, and I don't, if you ever go to a, one of, I'm going to let you in a secret. Lutherans, when it comes to funerals, are rotten, spoiled, are spoiled rotten. Because our, a pastor could totally bomb on his sermon. And that will be oh, oh, kind of okay. Because the liturgy backs us up. And if you read through it, it constantly goes back to baptism. Over and over again, it goes to baptism. And the reason is, is because for the person who is in the coffin, we are reminded that that person, has the, when they passed from this world, they departed in peace. They have been released from the bondage of this life, from the slavery of sin, death, and the devil fully and is now in the place of glory, 
and has seen salvation as fully as anyone can. But it's also words to us. And it's always words to us. The Nuctimidus is also words are appropriate for right before you go to sleep. Right before you go to sleep, a really good way to go, before you go to bed, make it a habit, is to first make the sign of the cross saying, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And by the way, if you think, oh, Lutherans don't make the sign of the cross, that's Catholic. I say, read your small catechism, it, it disagrees with you. And hint, Lutherans read the small catechism. Anyways, but in the small catechism, Luther says it, when you go to sleep, and when you wake up, make the sign of the cross. But make, before you go to sleep, make a sign of the cross in remembrance of your baptism. And then, confess your sins. A simple way of doing that is just praying the Lord's Prayer. You say, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And then, sing the words of the Nuctimidus. Because if you should die before you wake... You could depart in peace. See, that's the whole reason we hear those words. And they're even going to be alluded to in our last hymn today. Those words are a reminder that as we hear God's word, we receive his sacrament. When we he receive salvation, no matter what happens to us, no matter if, if we should die today, hopefully not, but if that happens... We depart in peace because we have heard, seen, tasted, touched, spoke salvation for your glory, for your, for a light to you. So may that light lighten your, the end of 2017 and into next year. To him be all glory. Amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, keep you in the one true faith to life everlasting. Amen. At this time, we continue with the gathering of our offering.